0: When you got oil wells like me, you can afford the best. That's why I always order Fillet McNon steak on hillbilly bread toast. I don't care much for steak, but I love that hillbilly bread made from Granny's old fashioned bread mix.
1: BAM! You are now
2: listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit.
1: Hi, and welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit, um, the show where three guys give uninformed opinions about a variety of topics chosen at random. Uh, my name's Mike Hodgins, and uh, with me, as always, is uh, Mr. Crofton Steers, uh, and Bo Schwartz.
2: I think somebody kidnapped Crofton. I yeah. I didn't he's hear anything. He's, he's, he's silent. You Okay, sweet. So it's just you and me, Mike. All right.
1: <laughs> i'm doing great thanks it's for always asking. kind of been my goal to have him muted on this show you guys yeah. are
3: smart asses i'm here
1: <laughs> no now you're there oh there you are how you doing i'm,
3: I'm doing well uh you guys um it seems like we haven't done this for a while am i am i wrong on that i guess yeah, it might have wrong. only been a week
1: <laughs> it was pretty recently uh
3: yeah i was actually listening to one of our episodes today because i'm a narcissist like that it was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> uh Speaking of of stuff I was doing because my life is thrilling, um, I was on uh, I was on Reddit today and Jerry Seinfeld did an ask ask me anything which is like one of these recurring features of Reddit where you can, as the name implies, ask him anything, and uh, he was he was sort of selling his his sort of web series which is comedians having coffee while driving cars or something like that, where he meets comedians. I've seen
2: that. It's, it's, it's entertaining actually. It's okay.
3: Yeah. Well, it, it, this translates into our sitcom discussion we had a few weeks back just because we lavished a lot of love on Seinfeld. He seems like a genuinely nice and affable fellow, but it was interesting because people had some good questions for him. They asked him, for instance, what he thought about the laugh tracks. Um, And he, I thought, you know, I don't know, I thought he was going to come out really against them, but he kind of sort of said, you know, sometimes they're appropriate and they would film certain segments in a studio in front of people and people would be laughing and he liked that and felt it gave confidence. And then sometimes they would pump in laugh track, artificial laugh track when they'd film on location and stuff. And so it was, I just thought it was interesting because he said he likes some shows that don't have laugh tracks, some shows that do have laugh tracks, and he sees the purpose of them. And I don't know, I thought he was going to come out against them. The other thing I thought was interesting was uh, you know how we kept touting how Seinfeld is the greatest, greatest sitcom ever, and you know, modesty obviously coming from him, but he made a point of saying, how everybody, it's a generational thing, and how everybody thinks that their show of their generation, uh, at one time in their life, they're closer with television or with an, a fictional show, fictional characters, and that show will leave a mark on them. And then that, that's going to be the show that they're going to refer to as the greatest of all time. And for us, it just so happened that our age and, and demographic and that is, is such that we find Seinfeld the greatest. I'm,
1: I totally, I totally buy that. I think that's
3: true. Yeah, it's possibly it's true, but but definitely I felt there's a bit of modesty in there as well. You know, like but uh, but um, and there was a lot of a lot of people actually. It made me realize how old Seinfeld was because a lot of people, I guess, there's a couple of Twitter accounts like Seinfeld 2000 and Seinfeld something that sort of imagine uh, Seinfeld plots or ideas if Seinfeld. A television show existed today, and it really—I was like, well, it wasn't that long ago. But like some of the plots and some of—you know how Jerry exaggerates little things. Some of those things um, were were uh, you know social media and all that sort of stuff. You'd be it'd be interested. Interesting to see what sort of take they would have on it. Anyway, it was interesting. I recommend people check it out. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I think the interesting part of that is that Larry David chose to go no laugh track with Curb Your Enthusiasm, which to me is a spiritual successor to the whole Seinfeld thing, given that, uh, you know, the association, right, that Larry David was a writer.
3: Jerry took a lot of questions about Larry David and and of how they met and how they got started as well as about Curb Your Enthusiasm, which – I admit I have not watched, and I think I have a bunch of it on DVD. Oh my god! Then you
2: should do it. I would argue that I enjoyed that way more than Seinfeld. Hmm. Uh, It's a lot. It's a lot more humiliating. Yeah, (laughs) I would
3: argue you're an idiot. I haven't seen it.
1: That's the one thing I I had a hard time with with that show. Is it? It's it's really humiliating humor, and I find often like those types of shows, I just feel uncomfortable half the time, even when it's funny. But yeah, Um, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, So. Should we should we start up the topic generator for this time? All right, let's uh, yeah. let's get going. Okay, let's get I it going. Think we
3: get sitcoms
1: <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: would, I think, some sort of rift in space and time would open up if we got the same thing again.
1: I would just talk about it forever. Uh, um, a- advertising—that's a topic today. Advertising.
2: Okay. Well, hmm. it's, it's kind insane. of close to sitcoms in that advertising is inserted between scenes of a sitcom.
3: <laughs> right but that's true i'm done <laughs> so advertising it seems to me like and maybe i'm 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 being uh too simple here but it's something we wouldn't really need to define people sort of understand what advertising is I th- right I like think
1: so but maybe maybe you should define
3: it just in case someone doesn't know what it is well see I'll try using my words and we'll see how this comes out. But uh, advertised, uh, advertisements, be they um, communicated through a variety of mediums, including print, uh, uh, television, internet, et cetera, are, um, are promotional uh, – <laughs> wait a second – promotional – I want to say advertisements, <laughs> but I can't say it. No, but uh, promotional is good. They're promoting products or yeah, services. Exactly. Promoting profit, uh, products and services and are uh, often put together by marketing or advertising agencies, people who are specialized in in packaging and selling a product. And and um advertising involves uh, expenditures like buying space or share time and all this sort of thing. And uh and then and and then developing a product and advertisement for that for that uh time or space and, and uh and, and then uh convincing people to to uh buy
1: it yeah and i would say it arguably is the reason there's anything good on the internet because like that's when you think about the internet and there being good stuff well no no that was that was a too broad a statement but like for example google you know which is my home page and go to start point they, like all their money comes from advertising revenue it's it's a huge generator of income for things that we take for granted like free good search engines um or social media platforms and we're like oh yeah facebook it's just this thing I go and use and it's like well they make billions of dollars because of advertising that 's where they make the money they don't I don't think they make it in any other way
2: holy establishment Batman gee <laughs> advertising is stupid <laughs> and I hate it um, pretty much I, th- I think that the end goal of advertising is to you know get you to send your your goods and services in a particular direction. So you're a company, you want people to know you exist, you'd like to make sales, and so you have to communicate to your market um, what the value is of, of um, you know having it. And the classical advertising trope is cause anxiety in a person or in a people And then offer them the solution to save that anxiety. So Apple's particularly good at this in that it creates this kind of anxiety where, you know, you're falling behind in society. um, You're missing out on the really cool things that people are engaging with, including podcasts like this one. And so they offer you the solution, which is to engage with their products. Um, You know, so that's like the most basic form of advertising is offer people a solution to their anxiety, through the product you're offering and I then i think there is the more um i want us to use the term metagame or the more abstract long game uh to do with advertising which is just to infiltrate our psyche and you know things like tylenol we're That, and it's not Tylenol, what's that ad? Um, Apply directly to your forehead. Apply directly to your forehead. Apply directly to your forehead. It's funny that I don't remember the product, but (laughs) (laughs) I remember. Maybe it wasn't an effective one, but the idea is that when I am in that situation where I have a headache, I'm going to associate in my mind headaches with Tylenol, and I'm going to go buy the Tylenol. Um, And the first time I came across this was one of my exes was in was taking pre med i don't think she ended up no she didn't end up going into medicine but um, in her life sciences classes uh, people from pharmaceutical companies etc cetera, etc cetera, would come and offer pizza parties and give free shit and just say we're just here to give you free stuff we're from this company and that's all they wanted the idea being that um, enough of this reinforcement when these doctors were out in the professional world they would remember those products because it um, you know, it was somewhere in there as a as, an asso- as a word association that later on down the line you're going to think malaria and then think whatever medicine it is that helps solve I don't know malaria or herpes or whatever. It's true, so,
1: um, and yeah. I, I would go even a step like with advertising a step farther that I think it is a component um, at, at least uh, these days and well for quite a while. It's a component of capitalism. And it's it's at this point I think a necessary component for capitalism to exist because um, if you have products and you want to uh, increase the market share of those products or the degree to which they're being consumed, you need to inform your market of that these products exist and that they're desirable, et cetera, et cetera. Which is a you know it's it's just a component of the, the. the, the nature of the structure of our society, which is capitalism, moving yeah. moving but, stuff but around. But like,
2: like advertising, like sending messages isn't exclusive to capitalism though, although it's pretty important.
1: Well, culture, it, uh, sure. but when we say – when we're talking about advertising, it's maybe different than stuff like uh, – it's not, it's not news. Like advertising isn't, say, journalism. Those are very different things. No. Advertising has a specific – Uh, end which is purchasing of goods or services so it it is it is Tied to capitalism. If we didn't have capitalism, there'd be no need necessarily for for advertising. There'd be need for public service announcements. There'd be need for propaganda. New, no, like, for news. Yeah, our prop, propaganda uh, um, is a different form of communication. But advertising, in particular, refers to the uh, purchasing of something. It's
3: or, or maybe I'm off well, on that, yeah, but I think that.
2: the the end game is the corporate viability of a company. It's
3: not. It's not as much capitalism as it is. As soon as there is choice. Um, then, then you have advertisers coming in, uh, advertisement agencies to help the various, uh, the various choice uh, um, options sell themselves to you. So, if you have one thing, if you have one brand of bread, and that's the only brand of bread that there is, and you got to have bread, uh, maybe bread's not the best example because you don't have to have bread, but something that you would have to have, like <laughs> water or yummy. whatever. It tastes good you would, you would just there would be no need for advertisement. You go to the store, you're like, "I will take the bread, please, but soon as there is two of something or three or four or whatever, soon as you have options, soon as you have choice, that's in my mind where advertisement comes in. It is for better or for worse to help the public make a choice, and uh, they want you to choose their product so uh,
1: i i mean i Yes, they do want you to choose their product. I don't. I wouldn't say that advertising. My my view of it is maybe somewhat negative, but uh, I don't think it's to help us sort through um, all of the choices out there because I think that a component of capitalism is a free is a you know in, in this. In the West, anyway, it's a free market economy, and, and that's based on the idea that you have competition uh, and that brands compete against each other, products compete against each other. That's part of the free market economic sort of model. Um, so if that's how you think you're going to get the best stuff and a lot of economists and Adam – going back to like Adam Smith and all that sort of stuff saying that you have this competition uh, and that will drive – Forward things like that's.
2: how I don't. I I don't don't think it's as mutually exclusive what you're both saying. I think Croft is right that. Yeah, it's 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 there thirty seconds. You you say, "Why should I buy your bread?" And the advertisement's like, "Let me take thirty seconds to explain to you why you know Bose bread is the best bread. You'll want to bathe in this stuff." And
1: but I, you know, so I don't think it's the exclusion of your. But I do think that Croft is very right in the in the if there was just bread, (laughs) say there was something that you needed bread. Bose bread. You want Bose bread. And there was just bread. Yeah, you would go there. But there's someone who's like, I want to start a business in bread. So yeah, I'm going to make Bow's bread. And it's the best bread. You should buy it. And then I'm going to have a picture of someone who's very attractive or a girl with a lot of cleavage. And then you'd be like, for some reason, I like that bread more. Bread. I want it. Yeah. The it, but- cleavage bread. Give me one of those. But let's get let's get into some of the, like the devious aspects of advertising and there are a lot of them. I just mentioned one of them which is sex sells. It absolutely does. It works for men like that. You just put an attractive woman on something and it will catch a man's attention. It doesn't matter what it is. I saw some ad on Facebook and it was just this picture of this attractive woman on a beach. And I remember I looked at it, and then I didn't think much of it. And I looked at it again, and it was something like debt consolidation. And I was like, <laughs> why? Why is there this attractive girl on beach? What does that have to do with anything? But, it. But I mean, like, if you're a man, you're like, okay, attractive woman, but I will
2: look. You, you looked at that part of your screen and didn't ignore it, which might be the point of putting an
1: attractive woman there, because then you saw the rest. Right, right? like, it's, it's sort of like the they can be devious in that in that their ultimate goal is to get you to buy their brand, their product, whatever. And there are effective ways to do that. And you can use, you know, psychology or base instincts of people or uh you you know, you can you can create demand by making people feel that they need something, which they may not need, or by tricking them through things like the sexual urge.
3: I didn't want to use axe body spray because I didn't want my mom to get a crush on me. <laughs> You're
1: very pragmatic. It but uh but, Axe, body, uh, Axe body spray causes women to want to engage it, in sexual activity with you it, It's
2: Instantly. funny because I've been like a pretty much exclusive user of Axe for about four or five years. I expect yeah. I'll die from something. But Watch um, out.
3: Women will jump through your window. You know, There's a win- window let's, behind let's you. Do, let's do a testimonial
2: right now. I've been using Axe for a number of years, and um, I have yet to have one woman, or even man, or animal for that matter, jump out of anywhere and start sexing me. Huh. Um so I'm so a that disappointed be- I think I have, do I have a lawsuit? Can I like
3: get on the everyday walking next to you Bo.
1: Like maybe that advertising then wasn't depicting reality. You know, uh, is that is that true that maybe advertising isn't just telling you what something does, it's it's making a fiction about it?
2: Yeah, well we definitely know. But I think some of what advertising does is that they also they also align themselves with a certain type of identity for a certain type of demographic and they sell you, so it's not so much that there are no women jumping out of closets sexing me um, because I'm wearing Axe products. (laughs) It's that I align myself with the idea that um, I'm a a good-looking, attractive man who, you know, um, who plenty of women would want to throw themselves out of the closet. It's just we, you know, people just usually don't do that in real life. And so, so there's this lifestyle that I'm buying into by buying these products. People come over, look in my bathroom, and see that I have a certain type of product cuz I'm a certain type of person. And we do that with all kinds, not just Axe or any other fragrance, but all kinds. Like I have Apple products, why don't I have um, Windows phone? Cuz I'm not d- dumb.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, see, you're you, you are people brand brand themselves or become brand loyalists and that sort of thing. And and they do that partially Due to product and product satisfaction, and they do that partly due or largely due to advertisement. And, and you, you mentioned Apple a couple of times, and people talk about the cult of Apple, um, and they they to a certain degree mastered that the the marketing and aspect of it. I, I do think that there's there are. Uh, Positive elements to advertising. And I don't want to get into like the the specific theories surrounding marketing or advertisement. We could see, Mike mentioned earlier how, how oh, wow, that the axe thing may be not exactly true. And there's probably a little disclaimer at the bottom that says, really small in small letters, uh, effects may differ per person or whatever, or may not be exactly as shown. This is a dramatization. But I think one advertisement technique is to take what is the perceived benefit of a product and amplify it to the moon so for example going back to bo's bread the most delicious bread in town if the idea is that that bread is the most delicious bread then when i take a bite of the bread uh i will suddenly grow wings and start flying up to the sky because it's so delicious you know that wouldn't exactly happen it's an oversell but it, it. Conveys the core message that this bread is absolutely fantastic and delicious, right? So I think it's an advertising technique, and there are many of those uh, techniques. And I, I agree with Mike that that I feel that that these techniques can be nefarious, and they can potentially uh, prey, uh, misinform, or or prey on on on. Uh, the ignorance of certain people. And I don't mean ignorance isn't stupid. I mean, ignorance is in not having the information necessary to call out their bluff.
1: But I think it's more than that. Like, I think that they, they literally advertising can literally serve to manufacture need. So there are things that we need. We need food and shelter, um, arguably relationships with people. Um, you know, those are our basic – like our basic needs are pretty simple. But to say like I need – there will be people that say like I need an iPad or I read this I read this thing today about these people who had – like for example, I need a car. Like I need a car. And now mind you, we've structured society, say, around cars, but you don't need a car Uh but but it, but you want a car, say, or you want this thing. But we but they they do a good job of making it seem like something is a necessity. Um, advertising does, and then you will go out of your way to spend some in some cases, like a car, a lot of money on something which is essentially a, a luxury. It's great if you can afford it, but a lot of people. Can't afford things, and that's I mean, where the talk,
2: that's where the identity comes in. Well, we like,
1: talk about in in Canada, like yeah, and selling identity and lifestyle is a huge thing. And in Canada right now, they talk about we have record levels of consumer debt that the average household has something like $28,000 in credit card debt. This is not like house debt, like credit card debt. And I feel like that, like advertising is helping do that and the consumer culture, which is linked to it. And so I feel like it is devious in that it's trying to make people live beyond their means, saying that like, oh, you need this to be happy or you need this to make your life fulfillment fulfilling or more, or more convenient, et cetera, et cetera, to the point where people are spending more money than they have to buy these products. And I think that's one of the negative components of advertising.
2: Well, I mean forget even forget even that they're making us spend our money. It's even just it's just the identity factor alone. Like the car issue, I'm 30 something, I don't quite remember, but the um I haven't owned a car. In fact, I've only ever had a learner's driver's license, and it's a combination of laziness and not liking to spend money on it that has kept me from a car. But um over the years, especially like I've been in like a manager position, which is arguably a position of you know, people kind of look up to you, um, but not having a car and, and just, you know, speaking with people about it, like some individuals would actually say like, you know, okay, you're strange, you're weird, like I would feel like I'm not sure how much of it would be me and how much of it would be the, the person, um, but there's just definitely this cultural sense, this unspoken thing where it's, you know, I don't own a car, so there's something wrong with me. And well, um, that's the point. And the car companies are like, yeah, that's right. There's something wrong with you. you. Should buy a car, but well, really, I have no need for it. There's no absolutely.
1: Point. And you're and you're like a man, a manager, and and you'll see ads. It'll see simple things like. Like you've made it, or something like that. It'll show a guy in a nice suit standing next to say something like a BMW, and and even if you do need a car, so transportation, do you need a BMW? Do you need an eighty-five thousand dollar car, or you, or could a fifteen thousand dollar car do the same thing? They pre- perform the same function, yeah. but advertising serves to make you want something more on a subliminal level. They penetrate yeah. our psyche. Like we don't we don't make that. That's not our
2: thought process in our head. Is like oh that advertisement in the magazine said so, but a lifetime of ingesting these kinds of images and these kinds of things eventually it creeps into people absolutely and 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 then that becomes cult, what's cultural norm and and that's i mean that's why i hate advertising i really hate this idea that i'm in the matrix and that people are making decisions for me
0: boys and girls on our pro football team we train on hillbilly bread. Granny's old-fashioned hillbilly bread mix is good tasting and nourishing, too. It makes wonderful toast. You can be real stars like me if you eat that hillbilly bread. Hillbilly bread gives me the energy to make it on that old football field every weekend. What position do you play? I'm a water boy.
3: But let's take it apart a little bit because I, I think the negatives of advertisement are pretty clear. And Mike touched on a a big positive, which was the uh, the internet at the at the top. Uh, right now, they're trying to put the genie back in the bottle. But right now, uh, for a long time, information, news stories, all the stuff that people have been traditionally paying money out of pocket for, they're now getting for free on the internet and now like you're seeing websites like the new york times the globe and mail say like pay now we want you to pay for this stuff uh that you got free and we're the internet is giving us this stuff for free largely due to as mike said advertisement but if there was no advertising uh like if you removed it from the world Mike says it backs up the capitalist free market economy. I tend to agree with that in the sense that that soon as you have options, advertisements are going to start existing to make you choose one over the other. And uh, I just feel like that that good, bad, or bullshit it's a nece- it's a necess- not necessity, but it it ha- happens naturally from the system in which that we're living in, and it would be. Difficult, nigh impossible to remove it entirely. Yeah, well, I just I don't. I a, don't know how you would I, do it, and I don't know what the world would look like. But let's say let's say that's true. We we
2: blink, and advertising's gone. The genie that you asked to eliminate base, I ask him to eliminate advertising because I fucking hate the stuff. And there are still organizations, people out there producing goods and services, and there are still people saying, "Hey, I went to Bose." Um, bread making place uh, a bakery <laughs> and and the bread was great not only does it taste good but it feels good on my body when I put it apply it to certain places so it can soak up blood stains so you told somebody about that and that is still you can't eliminate that unless we eliminate talking so um, the idea that you are someone that's providing it, we have a po- good or service we have a podcast and it's the best podcast on the internet. And, um, we we talk about how do we promote the show? Um, so, so people, and really the people listening to the show, it's mostly word of mouth. We tell them we have a show, they listen, they like it. Maybe they tell some other people, um, you would, might call this grassroots advertising, but it's a phenomenon that we can't just say eliminate because it, it exists. it's, it's a, you know, it's part of, it's part of communicating. So um, I think that there are some really, you know, humans have a knack for figuring things out and then taking it to the nth degree. And I think we have in the world, a lot of smart people studying this because all the chips are on the line when we're talking about a business that's worth billions. Like how does Walmart stay Walmart? Well, there are people making sure that Walmart is stuck in our heads for as long as Walmart wants to do what it wants to do or McDonald's. I mean, think about all the ads about McDonald's, you know. It, um, and I'm kind of ranting at this point, but, you know, the McDonald's ads have really changed. They're really – you'll notice that there are a lot of, um, like, a lot of visible minorities in their ads now because they're targeting a certain kind of market. And they're spreading kind of a positive message, but they're also just um, – you know, they they play such a huge role. And we don't even think twice about watching a McDonald's ad, but, but really,
1: you know. Yeah, well, and McDonald's is an interesting example because arguably it's bad food that's not good for you and whatever. But let's look at something like, something where the advertising has been regulated, say, um, in cigarettes. In Canada, at least, I don't know what it's like in the States. But there was a time where you'd have ads saying, like, nine out of ten doctors smoke Camel Brand cigarettes. <laughs> or or there, there used to be that, I think, <laughs> players, because that's advertising. Because you say, I trust doctors. Well, if they if those doctors smoke cigarettes, then those must be the best ones, right? Well, yeah. You know, like it's, it's ways of getting in. Cigarettes used to um, be... Heavy promoters, Du Maurier, and I think players uh, sponsored tennis. Uh, it was a big tennis thing. I used to watch a lot of tennis. I still yeah. do. And it would always be those the cigarette companies. And, and F1. Yeah Formula, and one. yeah, Formula 1. Yeah, Formula 1. I could, but, but like tennis, it's like you need to be in excellent physical shape to do that. And generally, smoking detracts from your ability to be in excellent physical shape. I've
2: never seen a tennis match where one person's smoking <laughs> yeah, up a loogie. They take a break and light up a cigarette
1: on the <laughs> side. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's to sponsor golf. But, but the, yeah, the but yeah the fact is is that if you link something to something that people like, so people like tennis or whatever, and then you say, like, cigarettes, and people are like, oh, yeah, I like tennis. Yeah, maybe that's part of my lifestyle. You can just link products arbitrarily to lifestyles which people enjoy, and cigarettes is an interesting one, where, one, one which was very successful and caused harm and had to be regulated by the government to stop it, and the smoking rates have reduced a lot, and that's maybe one of the factors. There's been other factors, too. Uh like because that's how powerful it is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, and but I've never seen a cigarette ad in forever. It makes me realize yeah. that's a part of it's like a counterforce in advertising where they're actually trying to eliminate. Yeah,
3: no, I uh, I think that's what Mike was saying that they're regulated now. You can't uh, you can't advertise cigarettes. Uh, at least in this country, um, but even when we were kids, you could like I opened up National Geographic. My parents had a subscription, and you would see you would see the ads, and that's a good point, and it touches on the. Uh, the sort of negative side uh, of of advertising, um, of advertising, I just think that what I was trying to get at earlier, I think, is just that it, it seems like a really complex issue. And Bo's your word to, word of mouth thing, like, yeah, that is advertising. the 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 box that you put your your product in when you ship it, and the logo that you put on that box, that's advertising. The sign the sign in front of your business that you put lights in and that sort of thing to make it more appealing, more inviting, that's advertising, you know? Like, it's just, how do you... How do you eliminate it? And I find there's so many different shades, and there's some that are just nefarious and evil, and then there's others that I find beneficial or even like. I'll be the first to and, – and I recognize that advertising works on me. I'll be the first to admit I'll go into a restaurant that has nicer curb appeal than another based on the exterior or based on the, the packaging and that sort of thing. So it it works, and it, you know it's useful to varying degrees. I'm not am not sure still exactly where I stand on this. But do you guys want to swing in with your verdicts?
1: I I have a verdict on this. Alrighty, go. Would you guys, would you guys like to hear it? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. To me this one. To me this one is almost pretty clear. Advertising is bad. Yeah. I couldn't even give it a bullshit one. I see. It's basic purpose but i can't separate that purpose in my mind from from ulterior motives of uh which is to say taking money from uh, you you know if i want to advertise that's because i want your money um, and you know I'm providing a product providing a service sure that, that that's fair enough but I think that it's become the cyclical thing where the more you can get money from the people the more you'll make products that arguably have no purpose but if you can convince people that they need them that they want them through advertising which people do we have so much stuff in this world that it serves no purpose other than to have you buy it and someone take your money and amass money and I feel like that's the, so at the bottom line it is serves a hugely negative force I think uh, in the world I think we would be better off without it i don't think we would suffer i think there'd still be access to services and and services and goods that you that we really did need or wanted etc but i think it'd be less intrusive less invasive less using psychology to manipulate us which advertising does i think there's almost nothing good to say about it and that being said i have enjoyed humorous ads now and then but all in all i think bad and i could do without them
2: all right well i uh i i you know, I, I, it's funny, Mike, because like I, I, you know, I feel your passion, and there isn't anything I hate more than television advertising, which is why um, I like to watch a lot of TV shows, but I do it all unplugged. The main benefit? No advertising. I cannot stay... The, the volume is even louder when there's advertisements. As an audiophile, I can hear these things, and I hate them. Uh, that being said, um, I think it's kind of like writing, or kind of like a lot of things, like everyone has it in them to do a lot of things and the barrier to entry is probably pretty low so i think most of the ads are either obnoxious crap or they're they're like the work of the devil where they have like the smartest people in the world figuring out how to get you hooked or how to get you things that you probably don't really need but have a manufactured desire for um i hate all that stuff but I am the owner of Bo's Bread, and my bread's really good. And I'm also one of the, you know, one of the hosts of the Good Batter Bullshit Podcast. And this thing's great. And I'd like more people to listen. So, um, adver- like, advertising or the concept thereof is a tool that I'm going to use. And I feel a little hypocritical just saying that it should be expunged or that it's the tool of evil. Um, so my verdict's going to be that it's bullshit. <laughs> And that means, like, everyone can do it. Uh, It's a thing, and word of mouth and testimonials for goods and services are just something that's always going to exist in the way that humans are. But um, I think it's used for evil and for crap more often than it's used in genius. And that might be an interesting exercise to look at positive advertising campaigns that have, um, you know, uh, that are good examples for what we should all do with advertising.
3: I'd like to give you guys both full credit for your verdict, and had you delivered them in opposite order, I would have an opposite verdict. Uh, Mike Mike had me completely sold at the end of his verdict that advertising is bad and that sort of thing. I was like, yeah, you know what? He's right. Adversi- advertising, is really? bad. I convinced it's, it. It's, no, well, I was I was somewhat undecided, and I was like, <sighs> you know, but he's he, the, the the image, the uh, all that sort of stuff. But then Bo Bo raised raised the point as well. About And and this isn't a cross-the-board point, but if you come up with a creative solution to something, if you come up with a a, a neat idea, in this case we're doing a podcast, but like somebody comes up with something and they tell their friends and they try and get it going with word of mouth, that already is advertising. But then going beyond there and getting it out there, you know, you're limiting – the, the smallest of the small if they don't have the access to advertise it. Now, th- that said, the biggest players are always going to advertise big. Uh, and I don't necessarily like ad advertising. I don't like adverts on the TV. Uh, even though I, I get jingles stuck in my head, I, I'm not a huge fan of the jingle art uh, mm. and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's definitely not a good thing. But in the end, uh, it's hard to imagine a world that, I, I like where I, I like the world that we live in. I like the, the 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 capitalistic society that I am a part of. I don't. There's problems with it. There are things that need changing. I'd like to see advertising more regulated. Like Mike gave the example of cigarettes. I'd like to see that more uh, more government regulation across the board in in terms of uh, advertising. But I think I'm going to have to agree with Bo on this one and say that advertising is a bullshit. <laughs>
1: See <laughs> you, poopy. <laughs> it's funny when you mention jingles because a, a couple times in my head that r- radio commercial for Delari, the card dealership.
3: Nobody deals, nobody <laughs>
1: like Delari. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying, and they've done a good job of implanting that into my brain. Like, it,
2: I had. I feel like chicken tonight in my
3: head. Local local ads are big on that. Logs, radio ads, but when they have no visual, local ads are big on jingles. I'll tell you who else loves jingles. New Zealanders. Because when I went to New Zealand like, and I was touring around, man, they had ads on TV. Everyone had a jingle. They had this discount store called The Warehouse. It's been 2004 I was there. I still know that jingle. It's The Warehouse the warehouse where everyone loves a bargain and a money-back guarantee. That's the jingle. I did it to a friend. That's fellow, how you
1: advertise.
3: I did it to a fellow New Zealander who came up uh, no, Hamish not too long ago yeah. and he immediately started laughing and he knew it immediately and they haven't changed the jingle in 10 years.
1: Cuz it you know it works. It puts it in your brain. It's in your psyche. When you go to New Zealand that's where you're going to shop. They're, pl- they're playing with their brains. But yeah. I mean you guys did raise did raise good points about the functional aspects of it and you know I would want to almost differentiate it from communicating something. Uh, but I, I, I do take your guys' points that, the, you know, there are aspects to it which are not wholly negative. I, but I wanted to come out hard on it because I really hated some of the negative parts it's, it's, of it. But.
2: It's like a hammer. You can use it to build a house or to, to murder your wife. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Um,
2: okay. <laughs> and on that, on that note, uh, why don't we just walk on over you could to, do that. to the mailbag.
3: I would like to mention he is single and I'm ready to mingle. And...
1: Right. and owns oh a axe. Axe body spray. So hold on to your hats.
2: Yeah, I have a lot of axe body spray. So come over to my place and we can have a sex party. it Steve smelled it. He on has
1: him. his learner's permit. <laughs> no, he doesn't even. It
2: expired. No, it ex- I it still expired. Have, I have like a twelve-year-old um, driver's license in my wallet, and people try to take it from me, and I don't let them because I need ID. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so um, we don't really have a big long mail, but I did get a message from a regular listener from the show. Regular listener of the show Dallas and I just wanted to give him a shout out that uh, he's a big fan of the show and he says that one of the highlights of his week is getting some good beer and checking out the new episode of Good Batter Bullshit and keep it up and Sweet. I just wanted to acknowledge uh, that and thank him for his message also, um, Dallas and rest of the listeners, thanks. we'd really thanks, Dallas, yeah, thanks Dallas, and we'd really appreciate if you go into the iTunes store and do that kind of stuff, um, like just write a review and give us you know five stars and and do that kind of thing because um, I don't know how iTunes works, but if that helps us get some sort of popularity and features us on the front page. We just really like the kudos and the warm fuzzies and public acknowledgement. <laughs> We're begging acknowledgement. you, Dallas. Yeah, I'm yeah, begging you and everyone else. Go on the iTunes or, store. Or
1: just enjoy another beer. Do whatever you want. Don't listen to Bo. He's advertising hard on you. Don't let him oh, control I
2: totally party. am. I totally am. It's to help us promote uh, through through one really good type of advertising, which is word of mouth. I think that's one we can all respect. If you want to find out more about our podcast, you can visit our website at gbbpodcast.com. There you can find links to uh, you know subscribe to the show on stitcher or on itunes uh, as well you can find uh, a link to our facebook fan page like it if you like us and our twitter account follow if you want to find out more about the, when gbb is going live and when we post our new episodes um finally you can email us at goodbadbs at gmail.com we'd really love to read your messages on the air so if you if something uh, you know we said infuriated you or you just have something you want to say write us and we'll uh, read the uh, letter on the show. Alright guys, uh, I think that's it for today's episode on advertising. I hope I got through all my advertising chores appropriately. Crofton, if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you on the internet?
3: Normally I want to say at Crofton Steers on Twitter, but honestly I haven't really been tweeting. I don't have that much to say. What I would really (laughs) like them to do is to go on our website, gvvpodcast.com after each podcast they listen to and vote on the good, bad, or bullshit. Bo, Bo, you always put this great poll at the bottom of each of each entry. And uh, for those of you downloading it on, on iTunes or whatever, you can go on the site and, and you, you can vote on your verdict. And we'd like to see uh, what you guys think. Uh, you, it's just a quick two-second yeah, thing. Should, it's really something again
2: where we can recap some of that because we don't really talk about it on the show, but there are polls on the site. That's true. Uh, Mike, if uh, listeners want to find you, where can they
1: find you? You can find me... Uh, under my bed, hiding from
0: advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> well, was um, uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: that's a good place to hide. I don't think any advertisement will find you there, actually.
1: Probably not. Oh, one thing I should mention you, you know what proves that advertisements, see, I like radio and, and I like talk radio and I listen to CBC radio, and it's the best radio because there's no ads.
3: Stop it's advertising not- for CBC on our I am ad advertising. They're not paying
1: us,
2: you know.
3: What's interesting is they that are, are going to be putting
1: ads in this year. Yeah, they started to on the music channel, but on the talk radio, it's still ad-free, and it's just so lovely to listen to it and not have someone be like... Like, do you have plans this weekend? Cancel them! <laughs> Come buy a car! <laughs> obnoxious. I'm I will not I will never miss a radio ad. So thank you CBC for being publicly fun.
0: Hillbilly bread is nourishing and good tasting. I recommend everyone eat at least four loaves of hillbilly bread a day. You're a doctor? No, I own a hillbilly bread bakery. Nobody, dear. I like the no.